Hello, this is Pastor Nick Hood, and today our focus is on 2 Samuel chapter 10. This is uh, the defeat of the Ammonites and the Arameans by David and his army. But this chapter is also interesting in that it shows us a compassionate side of David. Uh, and uh, I won't uh, spoil uh, the compassion uh, exhibition for you, but I encourage you to look for it. Let's begin now with 2 Samuel chapter 10. Sometime afterward, the king of the Ammonites died, and his son Hanun succeeded him. David said, I will deal loyally with Hanun, son of Nahash, just as his father dealt loyally with me. So David sent envoys to console him concerning his father. When David's envoys came into the land of the Ammonites, the princes of the Ammonites said to their lord Hanun, Do you really think that David is honoring your father just because he has sent messengers with condolences to you? Has not David sent his envoys to you to search the city, to spy it out, and to overthrow it? So Hanun seized David's envoys, shaved off half the beard of each, cut off their garments in the middle at the hips, and sent them away. When David was told, he sent to meet them, for the men were greatly ashamed. The king said, Remain at Jericho until your beards have grown, and then return. When the Ammonites saw that they had become odious to David, the Ammonites sent and hired the Arameans of Beth-Rahab and the Arameans of Zobah, 20,000 foot soldiers, as well as the king of Makkah, 1,000 men, and the men of Tob, 12,000 men. When David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army with the warriors. The Ammonites came out and drew up in battle array at the entrance of the gate. But the Arameans of Zobah and Rehob and the men of Tob and Makkah were by themselves in the open country. When Joab saw that the battle was set against him both in front and in the rear, he chose some of the picked men of Israel and arrayed them against the Arameans. The rest of his men he put in the charge of his brother Abishai, and he arrayed them against the Ammonites. He said, If the Arameans are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. Be strong and let us be courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God, and may the Lord do what seems good to him. So Joab and the people who were with him moved forward into battle against the Arameans, and they fled before him. When the Ammonites saw that the Arameans fled, they likewise fled before Abishai and entered the city. Then Joab returned from fighting against the Ammonites and came to Jerusalem. But when the Arameans saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they gathered themselves together. Hadad-dezer sent and brought the Arameans who were beyond the Euphrates, and they came to Helam with Shobak, the commander of the army of Hadad-dezer, at their head. When it was told David, he gathered all Israel together and crossed the Jordan and came to Halam. 
The Arameans arrayed themselves against David and fought with him. The Arameans fled before Israel, and David killed of the Arameans 700 chariot teams and 40,000 horsemen and wounded Shobach, the commander of their army, so that he died there. When all the kings who were servants of Hadadezer saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel and became subject to them. So the Arameans were afraid to help the Ammonites anymore. I'd like to share some questions for you. Number one, what did you learn from this chapter? Two, what do you think of David's use of envoys to foreign countries, particularly in this instance to the Ammonites, to express condolence? Do you think it would have been better had David gone to the Ammonites himself to express sympathy? Why do you think the Ammonites chose to humiliate David's envoys? And what does David's reception to his humiliated, humiliated envoys tell you about David? Why do you think David told the envoys who had been humiliated to go to Jericho uh, and to remain there until their beards grew out? What was it about Jericho that David thought would be a good place for them to recover? I'll tip my hand on, on that question. Uh, last October, I took a group of 35 or so people to Israel, my first church-based trip to Israel. I've been there two other times. But this time, uh, we visited Jericho for the first time, which is under Palestinian control. And one of the interesting things that I learned about Jericho is that historically, Jericho has been a place of fresh water. Uh, a place where there were natural springs and uh, going back uh, to antiquity. And so Jericho for centuries has been considered a place of rest, a place of refreshment. And uh, Jericho is also the place where it is believed that Jesus uh, suffered his temptation for 40 days and 40 nights on a hill. The hill that Jesus... Uh, uh, was tempted on by the devil is right outside of Jericho. Uh, and it looks over all the, uh, all the vegetation and the fresh springs that are there. So it makes sense that David would send the men to Jericho to help them get themselves together. And Jericho really is not that far from Jerusalem. It's right outside of Jerusalem. And then back to the battle. What do you think of the military strategy of Joab? And are you surprised that Joab is leading this battle without David? And then finally, other questions you might have regarding this chapter. I'd like to lead us in prayer now. Lord, make me a vessel of peace. In times of sorrow, grant me the words and actions to bring condolence. In times of joy, show me the way to join in celebration with others. In times of peace, uh, teach me, O Lord God, to be peaceful. In times of war, teach me to fight and conquer for the glory of thy name. 
In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is Pastor Nick Hood, pastor and senior minister of the Plymouth United Church of Christ. Thank you for sharing with me in listening to this podcast reading of 2 Samuel chapter 10. Tomorrow we move on to 2 Samuel chapter 11, which is uh, the well-known story of David and Bathsheba. I'm going to read the story slowly for you and bring out some things that you might not have considered uh, in the adultery uh, between David and Bathsheba, but that's tomorrow. Uh, Again, if you're ever in Detroit, uh, stop by my church. We're located at 600 East Warren Avenue, right at the corner of St. Antoine at the heart of Detroit, the tip top of the medical center area of Detroit, and I'd love to see you. We worship on Sundays at 8.30 and 11 in the morning, and Wednesdays at noon. Uh, For those of you who are listening today, uh, I might want to think about coming to our Wednesday noon service. I'll be preaching about the adultery between David and Bathsheba tomorrow. Until uh, tomorrow or the next time, I thank you again. This is Pastor Nick Hood, and God bless.